I don't know. Bob's Bob's definitely not as straight up as Joe, but not in a bad way. Um, we have other coaches whose job. I don't is, know if there's anybody as straight up as Joe. No, so. there's, there's probably nobody that's ever been born as straight up as Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he's known. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 13 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Uh, what you're about to hear is actually the second half of last week's episode, uh, where we had Harrison Watt on, but we're just going to give you the part that uh, we had after Harrison Watt uh, left us. So it was just me and Matt and Dustin talking about the NMU series, previewing the things over the weekend. And I don't really remember what else we said. Uh, but let's get to the thank you notes, and then we'll come back and get right into the discussion about, I think, the NMU series. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. Welcome back. Let's just get started with the recording of the second half of last week's episode that we had for the patrons. So we've got... Three series this weekend, and then Tech goes to Lake State, right? Yeah, we also didn't recap Northern like at all. Oh, yeah, we can do that first. So, if you'd have told me, if you'd have shown me the line charts for Friday and Saturday night and said we got four points on the weekend, I think I would have laughed at you, honestly, with that defense that we put out Friday for sure. And to think that this team was, what, two and a half minutes away from sweeping Minnesota State and Northern Michigan back-to-back mm-hmm. with two extra attacker goals? Like, I, it's disappointing after the fact because you didn't finish those games. But at the same time, with how much Joe's leaning on his top line, top two lines, and his top defensive pair, it's not that surprising that you have a little bit of a letdown at the end, the last two or two of the last three games. It was really nice to see 
Saturday just how much they came out and controlled that game. I was actually really surprised at the uh, the expected goals on that one, right? Because we didn't, despite the shot chart being heavily in our favor, right? Tech barely outdid them on expected goals on Saturday. I think that's right from the one that I looked at earlier in the chat. Yeah. So even though Tech got three goals and Northern only got one, the expected goals were almost even, like four point, well, it looks like 4.1 to 3.8 or something, something like that, 3.7. Um, and Northern actually had the better of the chances till Tech scored, basically. And then uh, like it was back and forth for a long time and as far as opportunities go, and Tech just finished three of them, and Northern did not. Um, and then we got the weirdest thing ever, right? Two minors and a major penalty on the same whistle. There was no graphic for this. That cracked me up. Yes. What? No. What do you mean? No graphic. Like what happened was so the way. So let's let's quickly explain this real quick. There were two minors and the major called them the same play. All with different players, which is also all with an different players. Part. Yes, that's yes. an important part of this as well. Yes. So. The way the clock runs in that situation is four minutes of five on three and an additional minute of the major of five on four. If no one scores in the first four minutes, which yes. is so, exactly what happened. I actually I, I actually was... text, texted Derek Shepard to ask him because nobody in the arena would tell me what the hell was going on on the scoreboard because that was the only way to confirm what was happening. Yeah. Because I didn't know, I wasn't positive that they would run the minors consecutively while uh, running the major at the same time. I wasn't sure if it'd be two minutes of five on three. And if somebody scored, it would, it, what would happen then? Like, I wasn't sure how it would go because I know the third penalty doesn't start till one of the first two is over, but I wasn't sure if they ran the minors parallel and then the major after or yep. if like how they would do it. And it was, uh, uh, so uh, it went the way I thought it would, but it took a long time to find out because I guess, like you said, there's no graphic that's meant to explain that. And they yeah, didn't, and what I was, and they didn't say in the graphic, like five on three for three minutes and 54 more seconds. If nobody scores, which is probably yeah, the what way they should have done. Worked. The way it worked was it put two minutes of five on three at first, and then once that got killed, it was an additional two minutes that got put up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they should so they should have just... had room for the three penalties. It's just the other clock. Yes, does only two clocks are running at a time. Yeah, yeah. And it's just I don't I don't think like I don't know how flow prepares for that situation or that like our crew prepares for that situation because it just. It doesn't, doesn't happen, happen. <laughs> and it sh- and, and if we get if we get four minutes of five on three, then we shouldn't have to have it flick over. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. We uh, yeah, that was that yeah. was it was very good that we were able to overcome that, and it really never really felt all that dangerous with that that night. I felt like Tech took control of the situation, but even still, I was very disappointed in that effort. I couldn't even bring myself to bring up our Discord at that point. I couldn't imagine what was being said during that part of the game. Well, yeah, the I one, completely the one, missed that that even happened. The one good thing about it was even though they didn't score on the power play, if I recall, they didn't take that long after it to score. 
which was good because Mm -hmm. not getting that goal and giving up the first goal to Northern, I think would have likely put them into some kind of tailspin that they didn't recover from, but finding a way to still get the first goal, even if it wasn't on the power play, they seem to be okay. Like they seem to overcome that negativity of going five minutes without scoring, including four minutes of five on three. Like the tech tech had all that and didn't score on it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the, the like, special I, teams are still a nightmare I'm, for us. I'm glad that I was right still golfing. Because I think I think some of it is. I I do. Joe talked about this a little bit on the show, and I do think on five on three, I don't think they do a good job of keeping the puck moving, keeping themselves moving, and creating a good opportunity. And I also think Joe talked about this that they're. Uh, they're waiting for the perfect opportunity and Joe and, and, uh, and what he said he tries to do when players tell him that is, okay, what were you waiting for? Like, what is the perfect opportunity? If they can't tell me, then it's like, well, when you get a good opportunity, you take the shot. Basically, like if the shooting lane is open, take the shot, right? Unless you've got a, unless you've got a clear backdoor pass to give it to the guy on the other side of the goalie who he's not going to get to, you take that shot, hope for a bad rebound, and take your chances because there's five of you and three of them. And instead, yep. it felt like they, like, at least two minutes of that four minutes felt like it somehow Northern was clearing the puck regularly, five on three. It felt very, like, there were stretches where they just kind of passed it around with no urgency, and that was part of the problem. And I think a lot of it is because they have struggled they they seem to spend it feels like the longer they go without scoring the more gun shy they get and they just kind of get in their heads about not being able to score so they want the perfect opportunity instead of just being like we got four minutes here let's get 12 shots on goal one of them's bound to go in or create a good rebound that's kind of the problem with uh, you get in that mindset when something's not working and it feels like it happens all the time that your instinct is the opposite of what you really need to do, right? The yep. instinct is we need to find a perfect shot because we need to score. When yep. really, you need to throw it. You just need to throw it at the net, like make something happen that way, right? That yep. that's how you break out of slumps. Yep. You you be, like yeah. It's the it's the Michael Scott Wayne, Wayne Gretzky quote, right? Like you you may you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and mm-hmm. and they get very gun shy when it's not working. Uh, and I think five on four, they actually got like a, like a two on one opportunity, which almost went in. But beyond that, I don't remember feeling like they created much. I mean, I'd have to go look at like, uh, like a go pull up instat and see what like the expected goals were for that period on the power play. But I don't think it was a lot. Um, and I don't think that's a, I don't think that's an issue to, like with this team. I think that's, that happens with tons of hockey teams. You get tight, you get the pressure, and yep. I feel like that's just universal. It, it You watch almost any team. You watch NHL teams, and they'll go through stretches of the same thing. Yep. And hopefully they find it and, and figure it out and, and, and can hold on to it at some point here in the second half of the season because they're going to need that, that power play goal. Uh, more mm-hmm. than yeah. they have been getting it so far. 
Uh, I'm trying to think what else Joe had to say, but that was kind of the big stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing you have to remember too, is Joe's down two, at least one, if not two of his primary defensemen on the power play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like that's, that's a big deal. Like Crespi's kind of one of the quarterbacks and he's out. So yep. that, that changes things a lot. Not that they can't overcome that, but that's a lot to put on like Evan Orr was out there. He fell down on one of the, that was on a power play. Wasn't it Matt? I believe that to be true. Like he was trying to circle back behind his own net, fell down, turned it over. And thankfully we had coverage cause we had extra players, yep. but, but like, and I know that came up on the show too, where I think Dirk said, you know, everything that could have gone wrong for Evan did for him. Thankfully somebody was there to cover for him and it didn't end up in a scoring chance for, for Northern, but like, you know, you're putting a guy who's got what three games on the year in that position of being on your power play. And and how how much has Evan Orr been practicing the point on the power play? Right, and not only that, but this like week he hasn't been bit, like playing that much, right? And yeah, it, and who knows how much he even practiced it because who knows when they actually thought, right? The, how when they actually knew he was going to have to be in that position, right? Yeah, you can't really put it on him. I mean, they feel bad for the kid because that it's a really tough spot for a player to be put in. Yeah. And where is it here? Oh, that's the wrong team. But yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about the weekend? I'm gonna try and pull up minutes here for for this last weekend so we can see yeah. the power play minutes. Yeah. Hmm. This last weekend. Well, I don't know. You guys, did you guys both watch? Yeah. I watched, um, I think I watched most of it. Yeah, so I watched, I, no, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I couldn't watch. Obviously, I don't, I haven't been watching and I was on vacation, not even in town. Um, But I was following on Twitter, trying to keep track of what was going on. And for like most of the night Friday, I was feeling, okay, good, yeah, looking good, looking good. And it just seemed to like just slowly crumble away, <laughs> you know, the, the, the lens or the window into the game via Twitter. Is that like, did it feel like that watching it or was it just kind of an inevitable thing that like, was it, did it always feel like the game was in jeopardy? I, I, it's hard to get that it feel truly, from Twitter. Yeah. It didn't really feel that way to me until the very end. Like it did. And I think the way that we lost the game really was just it's a testament to how special teams is just in a, in a mm-hmm. funky spot right now with defensemen. I mean, if you like if you in a vacuum, if you hear we gave up a uh, a shorthanded goal in overtime to lose the game, that's a um, horrific look. But once you add the context of missing those key players that we are, especially on the defensive side of the puck, it, it it's still not a great look, but it becomes a little bit more, you can, yeah. it's, it's a little easier to digest that way, but it's. I just it had was, this like yeah. feeling of dread after I saw that the end result of the losing a three on four situation in overtime. I'm like, this is the one that we're going to regret <laughs> in March. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel that because it, it... Yeah, the one that I think we're not going to regret is not, not taking Lake State at home. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah I we, we got, have more chance. Still... Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree with that one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Evan Orr had two minutes forty five seconds on Friday night and four minutes. Where is it here? Four minutes and thirty six seconds on the power play on Saturday night. So that's a lot to put on a guy who's playing in his sixth and seventh games of the year, possibly his first minutes of power play time all year. Uh, Brett Thorne had five minutes. Topi Heiskanen had almost seven. Jack Wirtz played a minute 20 on D, apparently, on Saturday. Um, on Friday night, to me, I don't really, like, you're obviously nervous anytime it's a it gets to a, a one goal game, but it felt to me like most of Friday night was, uh, I didn't really get nervous till we couldn't clear the puck facing the extra attacker. And it yep. just felt like they kept getting stuck, like not getting out enough to change, even if they did get it out. Um, and then and then the goal happened and and that's was you know like you're not necessarily playing a game like yeah, I think even Joe said it's not that it's not that we didn't play well but on paper like we weren't necessarily the team that deserved to win on Friday but you had the uh-huh. game in hand with what a minute and a half left and you give up that extra attacker goal and 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 that was the the like that the minute before that and them just not being able to clear it is where like my heart sank that like I thought this wasn't going to turn out well and and it's showing that trend and I think a lot of but like I don't think it's about the fight as much as it's the like because of all the injuries Joe's counting on a lot of guys for a lot more minutes then he like last year he's able to balance things more than he can this year so he's counting mm-hmm. on thorn to play 30 some minutes a game and how sustainable is that mm-hmm. over a weekend um and then overtime like you see us get the power play in overtime so you think at the very least you're going to Nobody's going to score for two minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, you're thinking at the very least you're going to control play and nothing's going to happen bad for us. And boy, how the turntables on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not great. But, you know, crap happens. It's a rivalry. It, you know, not the way you want to lose. And thankfully they came back and and kind of took it to Northern on Saturday night, which was surprising because I kind of thought with the injuries and the way that game went, it was nice to see them respond the way they did because I didn't really expect that, honestly. I know we talked a little bit about how it's kind of felt like Tech and Northern have had the better of it in the other team's building lately, so I was kind of worried that Saturday would be more of a uh, a Northern game than a Tech game, and that's not what happened at all. It was nice to see the fight um, which is kind of like, for how good the team was last year, I don't feel like they had that fight that they have this year right i feel this team is a lot there's a lot more determination and scrap to them even if they don't have the skill that they had last year and i think uh-huh. like I see that and some of it might be the lack of expectations but i'm having a lot of fun watching this team oh yeah 
Uh, whereas last year was way more of the, we've been building up expectations for that team for four years, basically. And anything that went wrong was just like, why are they screwing this up their season? They should be doing better. Whereas now it's like, well, you get that with the young team, but this has been fun, you know, and that's, that's been great. I'm I'm actually starting to like shift gears into that mindset of like, well, now we're (laughs) nothing's really like, all that different from last year. So I like, I don't, I, I keep having to temper myself down because yes, young team, lots of injuries, core guys out stuff like Thorne playing 30 minutes. It's really like the fact that we're doing so well is incredible. I don't know how sustainable it is, but I'm really, it's really nice to tune in every week and feel like we have a chance, you know? Oh yeah. So, so we've been talking a lot about guys out. Um, I'm probably in the same boat as uh, many of the people that listen to this that I am not sure when or if these players that are out are going to be able to come back. Do we have a good idea of uh, if these injured guys are going to be able to get back this year and if they can win? Like how how long term is this injury situation that we're in? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. I should have I should have I should have given you a heads up on that because that was a really good question, good content question. Yeah. Um well not that we've been counting on him at all, but Casper is supposed to be back sometime in January. Bezik's out for the year, not that he was expected to do much. And Casper uh, and, and Casper, since nobody's seen him yet, Casper's another defenseman, so that's yep, another that's good. Another finished defenseman, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we're just going to call him Casper because there's no chance that anybody other than Rob is going to be able to pronounce his last name. Yeah. Uh, it was very good to have O'Connell back. Sounds like he was 50-50 being it, whether or not he was going to be able to play this weekend. No mm-hmm. idea on when Russell's available. Leip is likely out another month, it sounds like. Um, So I guess best case scenario, he's back for the GLI, but hopefully available for Arizona. Um. Otherwise, I'm not sure who else I'm even talking about. It's my understanding that Ganey was a healthy scratch this weekend, which is interesting. Um, maybe that'll light a fire under him. Uh, but yeah, but I also, think... I mean, he's also a forward and probably a forward that doesn't have a lot of upside switching to D. So 
No, but you had to move some forwards back to D, so that should have opened mm-hmm. up some spots to be playing forward yet. But yeah, um, yeah. But the other thing too is, um, I didn't expect a whole lot from Levi Stauber from what he's done at juniors, but my God, does that kid have a motor? And did he work his butt off this weekend? A f- at least a few shifts that I saw, like. Yep, he was. Uh, he, he appeared to be playing like he wanted to be there. I got the same impression. Yep, him and he reminds he he played a lot of the way I of the way I feel. Uh, Jack Works has played this year. Just you see him a lot, and you're you're surprised that he's involved in as much as he is because he's never given up on a play. Uh-huh. If if there's uh if there's something going on on the boards, he's getting in there, getting dirty. Like I like seeing more of that from this team and i know that's what joe preaches a lot and i do think you know even though this team maybe doesn't have the skill of last year it does feel like this team has taken on more of the style and mentality that joe wants to bring to the game and it you know like the his whole um it feels like this team's made up of a lot more tigers than kitty cats. Isn't that what he always said? Isn't that his phrasing of it? You can the dogs and cats. The whole uh, you can you can tame a tiger, but you can't. Yeah, but but painting stripes on a cat doesn't do or on a is that what it is? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah, he has he has said that before. Yeah, yeah. Like I, he's got a lot of tigers on this team, which is good. I like that. It's fun. It's fun to watch the effort and the. And I think that's where I think that's part of the problem with the power play is it's such a different thing of having possession and space. And I don't like they don't quite know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Like it's so different than what they're used to that they're not the tic tac toe. Like they've had some beautiful tic tac toe plays, but they're not like that's not their bread and butter. So I get, I, I, they're just going to have to overcome that mentally and just take the shots. That's well, then, it comes down I to. mean, there's nothing that there's no rule that says you can't shoot the puck in and crash the net on a power play. True. And they've got a garbage that. goal and a, get a garbage goal on a power play. Then, Yeah. You got the odd men go do it. Um, But yeah, I mean, Cooks has lived up to what we had hoped. I know like we talked about this probably a month ago or no, that was after like the the exhibition weekend, I think the last time we talked about it. But like uh you know, we've already got four players in double digits. Ryland Mosley's almost got twenty points. Uh Ryland Mosley's been the absolute bright spot of the team, I think. But yeah, he's he's dude. on he is on pace to be like He's quite possibly the CCHA player of the year right now. He's that dude. That's what I got to yeah. say about it. Because he is the guy. He's he's the engine that's running this team. His and effort his effort bus. is 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 permeating to the rest of the team. Like the effort he puts in to get three shorthanded goals, four game winners, two power play goals, a plus minus of 9, which granted a lot of that's cuz of three shorties, but still like that motor that that kid has and the effort he puts in and the snipes he's made, like he is living up far beyond what you would expect to get from a kid that came out of the central Canadian hockey league. Yeah. And he's, he's not just scoring a, 
you know, the quantity of points. It's clutch goals. Like, yep. Yeah. It's the game-winning goals. It's it's when when they need a goal. The shorthanded goals, yeah. It's the shorthanded goals. It's it's when they need a goal. Mosley is stepping up and taking the team on on a, putting a team on his shoulders. Like, yeah, it's been very it's very important, very impressive. Yep. Nine goals on fifty-two shots so far this year. That's what we like to call in the business pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only guy that's Oh, there's two guys scoring goals at a higher rate. How the hell does that happen? How does Trevor Russell have four goals and no assists? Anyway, Trevor Russell and Jack Works are the only guys that have scored on a higher percentage of their shots on the team. Well, I guess David Jankowski too, but he's closer. Uh, Anything else about Northern? I get well, I guess the other thing is uh congrats to the crowd for showing up in both places. That was that atmosphere was ridiculous on Saturday night for sure. Uh Friday night was good, but Saturday night, I mean, I, I saw a couple things. I think I saw Biddy tweet out, you know, tech posted a a hype video from Friday night of the crowd and uh, or from Saturday and yep. uh and uh, Biddy made a point that we should really make a, a gif out of the uh, the misfits doing the uh, the power play setup thing for power plays. That'd be sweet. Yeah. yeah so but... I think we should do that, and then we can just post it every time they go on a power play. I think that'd be great. But yeah, um, I I said this in the Discord chat, but when I was the misfits president, I was like, "Wow, this is." the most Northern fans I've seen show up even for a tech game. Like their students really came out. That was, I, I remember when there were nights where that would be a good night for me. I hope our, our fans can bring it. And the next night on Saturday, it was ridiculous. I was at my girlfriend's place watching on her little TV and it was just like shaking the poor thing because of how much the, the crowd was just so into it. You could hear like all the chants so clearly the whole side was standing. It was like more than I could have, dreamed of when I was the president of the Misfits. And that third do it again, do it again, we liked it was was really loud. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's still no uh beating bowling green for the for the championship, but it was definitely That might be the best atmosphere for a regular season game in that program I, yeah, in a long time. I I I'd put that game up against any other atmosphere in the league. And when I say the league, I mean the entire NCAA. (laughs) Yeah. And that was, that was probably the best thing. Um, I don't remember what it was on now. I don't know. I don't even know who it was, if it was a pregame thing or an intermission thing, but somebody interviewed Grant Patalny and he said, he talked about how this is, it's a top five rivalry in college hockey. And, and he wasn't kidding. He, he actually, I think went back and basically said it's like top three. Like there's Minnesota, North Dakota, there's BUBC, and there's Tech Northern. I think he threw in CC Denver, and I forget what the other one he threw in was. Yeah, um, Michigan, Michigan State, probably. Maybe, but I, you know, was going through the social medias the other day, and what Grant said at the end of his press conference for Friday was that his reaction to the win was just to stand on top of the bench and watch the crowd, which is. As much as I hate that happening for a Northern game, 
is yeah. kind of neat that he that the atmosphere of that rivalry is such that a coach is doing that and that's his only approach to like processing what happened you know well his point on whatever the interview was was about how like going into his first tech northern thing northern game as a coach he thought he knew what he was getting into because he'd been through minnesota north dakota and whatnot and as soon as it as soon as he attended or coached his first tech northern game he was like yeah i had no idea what i was getting into like he's like you know a lot of the other schools it's big deals to the alumni but the thing that northern tech has that those don't is it's basically the entire up picks aside and it's not just about alumni it's about communities alumni and students all wanting to have bragging rights and it's and the buildings are packed like i mean you know techs had a had a sellout apparently our our capacity has been reduced thanks to the rail 555 i guess so we're down to 4025 capacity but like that's just i don't know the that place was rocking that was awesome uh it was it it is like a top rivalry in the country and if you get a chance to check it out you should now granted most of our listeners probably have but it's it's up there and i feel bad for the for the invasion back when that they got such a crappy game what was that the the jordan foot fight fight yeah Back when it was a good rivalry, but the hockey just sucked. Yeah, it was a good rivalry, but I think <laughs> I think I had to pee right at puck drop, and before I got out of the bathroom, Tech was down one nothing that night. Yeah, um, it's 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 really cool to see that the uh, over the last several years that both teams actually are good enough teams that the rivalry matters in more than just bragging rights, right? Like. That adds so much to the rivalry. I mean, yeah. you can have bragging rights, but when when you're two teams fighting for league championships, two teams fighting for NCAA bids, home that's, ice, yep, home ice. It means that's, a lot, yeah, means a lot more crazy. than fighting over crumbs or yeah, for the toilet bowl. Yeah, it's not just tech hoping to do something fun on those four or two or four nights a year while they're mm-hmm. at the bottom of the WCHA and Northern's fighting for home ice and the old CCHA. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. different now with that, the, that the rivalry and the, 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 uh, it's yeah. Like you said, it's not just bragging rights anymore. It's important conference points. It's impar- important pairwise points uh, for both teams. So Yeah. Yep, for sure. Anything else on that? I'm I'm happy with what we got. Um, I don't. I, I'm intrigued to see what happens over the weekend in the CCHA. Um, what uh, what that actually, how the impact of those three series: Minnesota State travels to Bowling Green, Northern Michigan at Ferris. Lake State at Bemidji State. So we get to see uh, whether or not Bemidji State and Northern can, well, whether or not Bemidji State can can keep Lake State down and, and, and get closer to the top in points. They're already, they're currently at the top in points per game. And then we've got Ferris Northern, which, which will be a very interesting series to see 
you know, if Ferris can improve upon what they did against another good team, and then Bowling Green Minnesota State is always kind of a a bit of a a a, bra- a brawl to figure out who's better. I think, um, and this, and Bowling Green's currently at the top of the league. Yeah, and um, Bowling Green Minnesota State's got some bad blood if you remember last year too. So they don't they really don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be a fun series to keep an eye on, I think. That's the one to watch, if you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. And then the following weekend, Michigan Tech gets to travel to Lake State. After a week off, apparently, Joe, the other big news of the show was apparently because of the bye week. I think I think Joe's having knee surgery today or tomorrow or something. Um which you know, good good timing to to take the opportunity right now when you got the week or when when you don't have games this weekend to do something like that if you need to do it. Um. So. Yeah, Damon already doesn't get his bonus because Tech took four points in the first one. But uh, even though we've got a week of games ahead of us, what do you guys really think coming off a of bye week? Uh, what'll happen when Tech travels to Lake State? I've learned my lesson in looking past teams. I will say that. Um, <laughs> I don't think we can truly count uh, Lake State out. They seem to have an additional chip on their shoulder when they play Tech. But I, at this point in time, don't see how the bye week could be anything but good for us. Get a few more guys healthy. Hopefully somebody else can step back into the lineup. Um, I am... I don't at this point foresee a reason why we shouldn't be walking out of the suit with six points. Yeah. I mean, the only reason to say is because we didn't get six points at home against them, but at the same time, that should also keep Michigan tech from looking past them. Right. The fact that we, we gave up points, left points on the board that we could have had in that series there's no reason Michigan Tech should be looking past them with a week and a half to prepare. There's that, and also Lake State kind of has a little brother complex when looking at Tech, and they really want to beat on older brother. And I think that there there might be some of that that comes out as well. Might factor into the game. So, But still, at this point, the way Lake State's playing and the way Tech is playing, get a couple more bodies healthy, I don't see a reason that we shouldn't be sweeping that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a tech sweep, and maybe depending on what Lake State does this weekend against Bemidji, I would change my mind. But if they don't show anything more this weekend than they have in the past few, I don't see, I don't see uh, them taking any points off of Tech. I certainly hope not. I I think Tech should sweep. Um, but like you said, I think if if Lake State shows some life against Bemidji, I'd probably change my opinion. Uh-huh. But if Bemidji State sweeps and it's and it's not uh, and neither of those games are like the Minnesota State Lake State series or the Minnesota State Fair State series where Bemidji got pounded but somehow still managed to win, like if you don't see if I don't see that fight in Lake State this weekend, I kind of feel like like it might be a while for them before they dig out of this. Yep. Yeah, I mean they they. They're dangerously close to reaching that point in the season where they just say, "Screw it, we're we're out of it," and you start to lose players. Right? There's, yeah. Well, and you and we've talked that part of the reason they're struggling is because they're not that deep, and and if all you've got is one line 
that's producing like you can't it's hard to to get that buy-in with everything else going on and you know part of me wonders how much Damon's you know lost the locker room already uh-huh. for this yeah. season anyway and I I don't want to bag on Lake State as an institution but I know that they're having financial troubles. I don't know when you're having the kinds of troubles that make you wonder if your institution is going to be uh, sustainable in the future, how much uh, effort you can put forth into your athletic program. So I don't know how much on the hot seat Damon is. I don't know how long Lake State lasts as a team. I don't know how you recruit players to go there, candidly. It's just... Well, that's not that's not new news that Lake State I know, is an but institution... And somehow Damon Damon has, has actually done a really done good a, job in my eyes of recruiting to the situation he has. Absolutely. He, he's I think he's done a great job where he has because it was not an easy place to go when he took that job and he's done significantly better there than I thought he would have. Yep. All right. Enough about that series. Uh one other note that um we got we got posted on our discord that i did not notice until then uh the michigan tech family lost uh a member on november 29th of this year uh steve jensen the former husky who played uh for the huskies in uh what years was he actually on the on tech here for he play, he appeared in two national championships. He was on the team for two years, 74 and 73, 74, and 74, 75. Um, he also played for the United States team uh at the 1976 Olympics. Um and and a bunch of other things. Um he played what seven years in the NHL. For the North Stars and the Los Angeles Kings, um, yeah, he, he was a really good player. Apparently, he played at at uh, uh, Robbinsdale Armstrong High School. I did not know that. Born in Minneapolis, and and we lost him here uh, last week. So, uh, I I believe he's in the Hall of Fame for Tech. I'm not 100% sure on that, but... He's at least in with the 75 national champs. Well, yeah. I don't know if he is individually, but he is at least in with the 75 national champs. I know he's one of the few tech players to ever uh, play for an Olympic team. No, I don't know if he is. Um, But yeah... We got that. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I think that's it for me. Um, remember to mix in a salad. <laughs> Why? What? It's good for you. <laughs> so so green. All right, Dustin, how was golfing? Oh, it was fun. Yeah, I walked a lot. <laughs> Five straight rounds or five straight days of walking. That's a lot of physical activity for me. <laughs> <laughs> Was it uh what did you play a round a day or what? Yeah, we just did one round a day. Okay. We 
thought about doing more, but a couple of the days, the weather wasn't real great. And we wanted to do the 13 hole par three course the one day and we couldn't get on and a bunch of other stuff. So we only did one round a day. Okay. We did the, we did the putting course the one day after, after and did a bunch of drinking and all the other fun stuff that goes along with golf. <laughs> all right. Gambling and drinking. One minute remaining in the podcast. Uh, well, that should, should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting uh, patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons at the white level or above get access to quarterly Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, Cam Ellsworth, and more. We're going to try and get one of those set up here shortly. Uh, pay attention to Patreon for that information. Uh We've also got Instat, thanks to our patrons and Livonia Technical Services. Please check out Augie's articles. Um, they are pretty awesome. And check out last week's episode for a more in-depth analysis on, on how that came about and what we've been doing and what we want to do next. Uh, patrons that are back level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Uh, one other thing that I should have said before I started the outro, since half of you don't listen to this part, I printed labels today. So all of you that ordered 100th season jerseys and haven't gotten them in the mail yet, I'm hoping to get them closed up and in the mail tomorrow. So before you hear this, they should be in the mail. Uh, patrons at the gold level or above receive access to the unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. If you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know. We'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, we're going to try something. We've been trying it. We need to get more. If you give us a five-star rating and leave a review, Dustin will read the view, read the review that you leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and reviews and let's see what you guys have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin and Lavonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McCresson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the Thank You Notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha